Good morning. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. My name is Lance McKinnon, and I'm here with my co-host, Tiffany Linderman. Good morning, Tiffany. How are you today? Hey, Lance. I'm good. It's a beautiful morning. How are you doing? I am absolutely wonderful. Drinking my Fifth Acres coffee from Good Brothers Cafe uh, in Harrisburg, Midtown. Soon to have a second location. So props to uh, Good Brothers Cafe. We're uh, expanding. That's amazing. I know, this coffee. I'm addicted to it. I love this stuff. <laughs> if you're ordering more, you gotta tell me. I need to throw my order in at the same time, okay? Come on. I will, I will, for certain. <laughs> I'll make sure. Yeah, I'll make sure you get some. Uh, so is it just us, Tiff? Oh, absolutely of... not. We got a, a special guest today. Okay, excellent. Where's our, our, we got us, I don't, from the south, west, I mean, we're, we've been all over the place. We're going down oh. south today, so we got our buddy <laughs> getting all ready uh, here, yeah. Gary G. McDonald is here today. Hey, How are you doing? Hey. Yeah. Hey, guys. Oh, good. Hey. Oh, good. Good morning, Gary. How are you today? Thank you for yes, joining sir. us. Feeling good, feeling good. Oh, well, thank you very much for being on Saturday Morning Coffee. Um, yes, sir. I know that you were lighting it up down there in the south. I mean, my brand Eddie called me up and said, there's a brother down here that is doing huge things uh, with the, the local police department, civilians, and, and making an impact on youth's lives. And I was like, right. we got to get him on Saturday morning coffee because, I mean, right. you're out there on the streets grinding. So yeah. I don't want to take your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, that was the best way I could introduce you. But uh, welcome again. And uh, yes, hey, just tell us about you know who Gary is, and you know about what you're doing on the streets, man. Yeah, I'm Gary Giovanni McDonald, um, philanthropist, activist, um, father of five. I help putting that work in. Um, my dad used to do the same thing. He used to feed the homeless. Used to help people. At first, when we were younger, I used to look at him crazy, like, why are you taking our money, spending on these people that you don't know? But, you know, after you learn the inner workings and, and energy and karma and just helping people, you learn that those are things that you're inherently supposed to do. Like, it's taken on to me, and, and he put it on, he didn't put it on me, like, per se, but I feel that. I need to do this outside of my brothers and sisters. I don't think they would have done it the way that he needed it to be done, but so I put it on my back and I decided to do it in, in a different fashion. Um, like I say, I've been in the streets. I sold drugs. Um, my parents been in and out of different motels. For whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? Bad credit, job situations, whatever the reason was, Lance and Tiffany, they was in and out of motels and they took us along for the ride. So while we was in and out of these different motels, um, I remember one day my youngest brother, he was born in 77, I was born in 75. I didn't know how to swim at the time, but he was drowning. And I don't know if it was divine intervention or what, but 
I jumped in the pool and swam to them and saved them. And from that day on, we were really good swimmers, both of us. And, but like I said, if that didn't, if we didn't stay in that motel, I don't think that would have happened to us. And I would have learned how to swim in, in, in that fashion. But I was able to save my brother and teach him how to swim later in life. Um, went to elementary school, uh, middle school, good grades. Uh, but before going to school, uh, my dad and mom used to be on drugs. So they used to leave us home a lot by ourselves. So my sister, my oldest sister, which is only a few years older than me, she used to cook for us. She used to get us ready for school. And like, if it really wasn't for my sister doing those things, I don't know where I would be or where many millions of other Americans would be without their siblings having to get them ready while their parents do whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, we never judged our mom and dad for what they did and them leaving us home by ourselves. I just used to feel bad waking up in the morning and not seeing them. But it was a comforting feeling to know that at least my sister was there getting us dressed for school that next morning. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it felt a little better, but it wasn't that feeling that a child would have if they saw their parent there. But I'm quite sure, like I said, a lot of people could relate to that. Um, but we were in and out of foster homes. My mom and dad got themselves together. They got us out of the foster home. And we went to the Poker Bean Projects. We moved down to Miami. Um, they got themselves together, my daddy in particular. And he started going to church. And he got us in the church. And that's what we started doing, uh, I'll say, three to four times a week. We would go to church, Bible study family training hour, kids day, like whatever they were doing, we were there throughout the week. And at the time, I didn't understand why he had us in church or why he wanted us to be there so much. But then as I got older and got in my teenage years, I sat there and thought myself like what he was thinking as a teenager and what he was going through and how he was feeling losing his kids to the system. So I kind of put myself in his shoes in that in that um, perspective, but I didn't get too deep into it, but I did kind of put myself into how my daddy or my mom felt at the time where they lost us, when it should have been the other way around. But I did put myself in that spot and I just, I don't know why I did it, but I think more so it was for me to kind of test myself, Lance and Tiffany, as to see who I was. You know what I'm saying? Like we were on our own as kids. And for me not to whine and cry so much and for us to take that on and deal at such a young age, I think I was more like testing myself to see if I could really do it or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's more what I was really doing than crying or or worrying or is are they coming back 
You know what I'm saying? I think I was testing myself. For some reason, I was self-aware and I knew what was going on around me, but if a child talked the way I did when I was growing up, they'll say, you've been here before, or you crazy, or like, why you talking like that? You know what I'm saying? So it's some stuff kids keep to themselves. Yeah, because, you know, just kind of go back, I don't want to interrupt you, but it's kind of like, um, go we got we got to go through something to get to something, you know? Right. And you were asking that same thing on that same page, Tiffany? Absolutely. You're like, Brain waves. We're sharing the brain waves. Yeah. Well, we're drinking the same coffee. I mean, I get it. Right. I, but yeah, but yeah. Good brother's coffee. Exactly. So, Jeffy, what are you saying? No, I was just gonna say it's. I mean, I mean, you've been through an absolute lot, and so you know, hands down. I mean, your story is is just life changing. I mean, honestly. But where I was going to go, and what Lance was touching on, is the fact that. I think as you share your experiences of, you know, your family and talking about the fact that you guys, you know, giving money and giving back to others. I mean, fortunately, you learn that at a young age, but also I think the all the things that you've been through, I think that that gives you this caring heart that you want to be able to make an impact on other people's lives because of everything you've experienced and gone through that I think that you you have a different light or vision that you're you're bringing to the life to your life. And what you're doing. And so I was curious a little bit about the um, sort of the partnership program that you have with uh, one of our previous guests that we've had. And, and Lance, I know you probably wanted to talk about this, <laughs> but I was going to ask. So I know you're you're working with a gentleman named Eddie, Eddie McGovern. Right. Would be strong and his um, Sarah. Yeah. Could I've been knowing him forever since have you? I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I've been knowing him for a really long time, and it's it's unfortunate the way that we met, but it's also a good way. It's also a good thing and how we met. And a few years ago, I say two years ago, I was able to put on this program called um, Brunch with the Badges, where I wanted the community and the police to meet. And we were able to sit down and the police were able to meet these kids that are growing up. And I want them to know their faces. I want the kids to know the police faces. So when they do start to grow up, if they start to go a different route or deter from what they were taught early on, at least they'll know those kids' faces. And instead of it being a bad interaction, Tiffany, it'll be a little bit more subtle. Like, hey, Gary, I remember you. It won't, it won't be the aggressive thing that we've been seeing over the years with our kids and the black community. It'd be a little bit better. Oh, that's my thing. I love that. So it's like a, it's almost a getting to know one another, like human to human, person to person. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so that it can be more of a coaching and teaching moment versus it, as you said, you just sort of described coming and just being like, you did something wrong. This is a big issue. And I, yeah, I, I totally get that. And I think that that's amazing. I've never actually heard that before, but I love I mean, that if, idea. If, if you're a police officer and you encounter me, I have tattoos everywhere, gold teeth, but you don't know my vernacular. You don't know my rhetoric. You don't know how I speak at all. You don't know anything about me. All you see is this black guy with this hood on. So most people just go off of that instead of 
actually talking or interacting with the person. They just go off of the the appearance, the physical appearance, right? I saw um I don't know if y'all remember Jenny Jones showed some years ago, but she had Damon John and a bunch of rich people on her show, different colors, right? And they wore different clothes. Some had on hoodies and sneakers and this and that and the other. But they asked the audience, hey, what do you think he do for a living? They got the baddest reviews, all lands. People <laughs> thought they were drug dealers, criminals, but all these people were rich. Who knew? They were going off of the physical appearance, right, Timmy? They didn't know these people were wealthy millionaires. They were just going off of what they saw and what the, the TV portrayed black people to be or somebody wearing a hoodie would look like or how they would um, present themselves. But if you're not given a chance to present yourself or talk and somebody's clutching their purse and they're already judging you, you know what I'm saying? Like, we won't never be able to get the jobs or we won't never be able to sit in a meeting and be able to hold a decent conversation with people to be able to get somewhere in life. Even though I changed my life 20-some years ago, Tiffany, because I had that felony, people would still look at me like I'm a bad guy. I swear to God. You probably won't. Lance probably won't. But I swear, it's... And I'm a Republican. I'm a registered Republican. But people would still look at me, Tiffany, like I'm out there raping, robbing, and killing people. And I haven't been in trouble in more than 20 years. But once you have a felony, it follows you to the grave. It follow you to the grave. People don't want to admit it. You can't find a job. You can't find nowhere to stay because of a feeling that you got when you were a kid. A kid. Yeah. I'm and 46, Tiffany. Lance, I'm 46. And they still judge me like I did this shit the other day. Sorry for cursing. But they judge me like I did something the other day, Lance. Like I did this shit the other day. This was 20 years ago. But... They look at me like I did it the other day, Lance. Oh, God. So how, how is the kids receptive to this in the community? Because I know it's... it's taking, and I talk to? Yeah, it's taking a life of yeah. its own. They're very receptive. And I go to schools, middle schools, elementary schools. I talk to them. And like I said, I get on their level. I don't talk like a person that's coming with all these big words and like I say, I had a vernacular. I could talk like that, but I, I want to get on people's level. I want to meet people right, right where they at. You feel me, Lance? Mm -hmm. So if you could meet these kids where they at and get on their level and talk like them, no matter how gangster or how thugged out it might seem to a grown-up, but for a grown-up to get on that level with a kid, that means a lot to that kid. I promise you it does. I had kids that used to break in houses that stopped doing all of that just because I was able to get on a level. That that's, that's that's absolutely amazing. And then once you're on their level and you have that interaction with the local yeah. authorities, I mean, obviously, you know, you're meeting in the middle, like the middle of the road, you know, the double line. You right. Know, you're that, that little space of the hyphen. Uh, right. The hyphen between OH and IO, you know, the hyphen. Right. Um, I had to get that. I'll throw in. that in there. Yeah, I had to get that in there. <laughs> uh, but um, no, but that's fabulous because we need more of this uh, in our communities. You know, just not in the South. We need it all over the place because it will help stop 
uh, youth crime. I mean, we can help slow it down. Uh, right. You know, it's just not just in uh, uh, the sub the cities. You know, in the suburbs as well too. You know, we need a Right, I'm trying to slow recidivism down and trying to keep kids out of prison. But if you could go all the way back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, everybody that's done something, that's been a part of something, what happened to them? They were infiltrated and knocked off because they were doing something good. Not that they were doing something bad, but because they were changing minds and doing something good. People throw, throw all of these distractions and and you know the media run everything so right now i could be on tv with y'all right now doing this interview it could be on channel seven right now and i just rating and rob somebody and channel seven show it or whatever channel whatever news outlet show it and everybody will believe that until y'all show this interview you get it like they say you prove it into and you're innocent until proven guilty, but we all know that's a lie. We all know we live in two different Americas. But like I say, people are scared to talk about it because of what's been happening to people of the past. The Martin Luther King, the Malcolm X's, the Huey P. Newtons, all of those people gone. But they were doing the same thing Gary doing, but a little bit more radical. But they were around and they were making a change and when they're doing that on that level of thinking and consciousness people get scared of it like they say people they fear of what they don't understand i get it i get it but people should have to die you should have to kill a brother you should have to kill your sister you should have to kill this guy just to silence him like colin kaepernick you shouldn't have to do nothing bad or you shouldn't have to suspend this dude to make him lose his career because that's what he believe in because he don't want to see black kids get killed. Like, you should suspend him or kill a dude or blackball him because that's what he honestly believe in. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I know we're just coming out of COVID and we're wrapping up and all the other stuff but I want to touch on because I know you're really busy but I want to touch on not only that you're working in the streets uh, impacting kids you also have written some books as well you co-authored you've authored some books uh, I want to touch on that too because I want to get uh, people out there to, you know to check out your stuff uh, yes, you elaborate sir. a little bit on that yeah um, like I say this book right here I wrote 14 you know now it'll be 16 years ago, this book. But every relationship that I was in, I carried it with me and added more stuff to it. This is Pillar to Post 1, A Felon Story. Mm -hmm. I took this book everywhere I go and just added more stuff in it pertaining to that relationship. But this the one that started me off. I held on to it everywhere I went. I would add stuff in the middle of the night. I would hear a song and add something into it. But this was the book that started me off and I paid um, a publisher to do this one for me. This is the last time I paid a publisher <laughs> to do a book for me. Yeah. Everything uh, else I self-published, but this is the how, first. How many books in total have you written? 
I've written 15, but I published nine. Oh, but I, I have books on the side in a book bag that's already done. And I just go back throughout my time and just start typing it up. Can I just but add, you're not only working and helping out, you know, youth and everything, but you're, so you're writing books and you also have a, aren't you, don't you have a full-time job too? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Tiffany, I'm glad you mentioned that. And that's the, that's the crazy part. And a lot of people probably won't believe it, but people that probably live like me and that are hustlers probably will. All of my books, Lance, I wrote at work. <laughs> hey, you know what? It in makes between sense. phone calls. Yeah, in between it's... phone calls, I'm writing in these books. In between phone calls. Yeah. While I'm waiting on the next phone call to write. Or I'm hearing something a female saying that pertains to my book or a guy, and I write it in, in, in somewhere on a scratch sheet of paper. That's what I'm doing throughout the day. Or I ask them, hey, what you think of, of this? I'm writing this book. What you think if, of this? And they'll give me their input and I'll write it down somewhere while I'm at work. Different immediate immediate gratification. Immediate gratification yeah. right there. Right. No, no. I don't think, I think anybody who is a multitasker, who is uh, trying to push the envelope, you know, both Tiffany and I were not surprised when you said writing that down while you were at work because i mean anybody who is trying to get to the next level that's trying to make an impact on people's lives time is of the essence and so you got to utilize your time the, the best way you can i mean right. who gets to sit down for an hour at the end of the day when's the end of the day <laughs> when you hit your head hits the pillow so you got to utilize every minute that oh, you hold on. Have. i gotta tell you this man and Tiffany, while I'm writing this down and waiting on phone calls, I'm playing chess. And while I'm writing these books, like people in my office, they watching me playing chess. I'm teaching them how to play chess and I'm writing these books and waiting on phone calls at the same time. That's insane. I'd love to like see your brain for a second. You say I have ADHD, but I say I'm able to have all of this energy and I'm able to do all of these things, Tiffany, like that God probably don't grant other people to do. Like I have an immense amount of energy that I'm able to complete all of these tasks without being tired, without being flustered. You know what I'm saying? I'm able to do all of these things, but she called it one thing. I call it something different. I don't know what well, the clinical term well, is. Well, God, God I don't blesses think it's you. God blesses everybody with a special gift right. and, and everybody has their own gift and you know what we have to embrace it and just go with it and just uh, you know we can't put a label on it and just uh, learn from exactly uh, what God has given them that's utilizing and how it's making a difference you know in people's lives and I mean, we can sit and talk for hours, and you know, I'm gonna have to bring you back here on Saturday. But I know because you, you can squeeze us in because you, you're multitasking. <laughs> so I mean, right now, you probably just won like four chess games, and oh. I like you know, just yeah. You know, oh, that's why you hit the button real quick because he's like, oh, my turn. Just <laughs> wrote a book during the podcast too, so new ones coming out, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, but no. Um, 
but uh, I want to try to wrap it up. But uh, you know what, Eric? I mean, you're very unique. You're very. I mean, there's a lot of layers to you, man. And uh, I know we just touched the surface. And uh, I know I would definitely want to bring you back on here uh, because I mean, there's a lot more we talk about the streets, the multitasking, uh, the stuff publishing. You know, but I just want to give everybody a little bit of flavor. We want to give everybody a little bit of taste of who Gary McDonald is, and then we'll just bring you back because what you're doing is universal. And it needs to be universal, you know. And we're having hard conversations uh, about things that people don't want to have, and they're having them in their homes, but they're not having them in public. And we need to get to a point where if we want change we need to start having these conversations uh, out in the streets, you know, and open, honest conversations. And, you know, so there's a lot going on here. And uh, I, I think I'm going to wrap up with that. Tiff, what do you have? On mute. That's the hardest thing I did today. I had to take myself off mute. But um, <laughs> so, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I'm, it's like... Lance, what have I told you about the onions? It's like we're peeling the layers of the onions here. And I don't think we got to the core of you, Gary, yet. But, I mean, um, there's so much that we've learned in this, like, last 35 minutes with you. And just the ama it's amazing to hear that you have all these books and absolutely want to recommend to everyone or anyone that's listening to this to make sure to check out um, your books. I believe they're on Amazon. Uh, we'll make sure we work with Gary as well to have all the links in there where you can go and find them. I'm really intrigued. I want to read several of your books. So, and if not all of them, I'm not a huge reader like Lance is, but I'll get there. <laughs> they are really interesting. And I think they, I think they touch on a little bit of what you shared about your life story. And also I think your mission and, and what you're trying to communicate to the world so that we can see the change that we need to see in the world. So thank you, Gary. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Okay, take care, Gary. You have a wonderful night. Yeah. Cheers.